1: Good morning, happy Monday. All right, you need to share with our listeners what you were singing as we walked into the studio. All you need is love. Yeah, he was singing, n- not not the not the <laughs> Beatles version. He was singing "Boys and Girls," the Elephant Love Song medley from That's Moulin, from Moulin Rouge. Rouge.
0: I actually sang it in my uh, senior year of high school. For all right, part we of need, our, con- we as need as part of our choir uh, senior.
1: Please tell me you were the the the, the soloist the. The the not Ethan Honk, Um Evan U McGregor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sang that part. You sang that. With, I, that's that goes pretty high.
0: It, I lowered it a little bit. I was gonna say. But our senior showcase, so every every senior in the choir got to do a little.
1: I may have sung that a couple of a times. A little piece, in karaoke. so that was my piece. That, that that's an ambitious piece. It was. It was fun. It Aaron was fun. Tevitt, who was in the screen version of *The Miserable*, did originate that role of Christian. On Moulin Rouge uh, on Broadway. I think it's going to be in the Florida, in the Fort Lauderdale, uh, the Broadway Performing Arts Center this fall. Praying comes next year to, to the arch. And a friend of mine, hi Brittany, uh, I'll tell her to listen to this, uh, saw this, I want to say early this year or when sometime when it debuted. And she, he said the guy, he just hit notes that were just unheard of, especially in. Um, in the Tango, Roxanne. Oh yeah, which is an amazing song. Yep. Wow, we start off with musical today, right. boys and girls. That's right. But this is Jorge's fault because he was talking about the greatest commandment, and he starts <laughs> singing. And I'm like, wait, he's not singing the Beatles version. He's singing the <laughs> Moulin Rouge version. All right, find me a podcast where a priest is talking about Moulin Rouge. Wow. Okay. Monday morning hummus, baby. That's that's where we are. We're approaching on hundred episodes, and we don't <laughs> care, care anymore. That's what it is. Oh man, how was your Sunday? Good. It was good. Angie had a good weekend, right?
0: <laughs> it was a, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. Yeah.
1: Oh, you, you were at the Kate. Can- we'll talk about that in the second segment. But we had um, uh, uh, we, we had a, a very busy weekend, and I'll get into it now in, in a second. Uh, we had a transformed to love marriage retreat going on. All this you week. need is love. So yeah, so the gospel was perfect. <laughs> you know, the gospel was perfect. I had the chosen's mass yesterday, and then at two o'clock. During the dolphin game, I had to go and and uh, and and say uh, mass for them because what they do is so it's uh, the teaching mass. So. The teaching yep. mass. So it was, and and our deacon, God bless him, he he um, invited our catechumens and, and our CIA candidates, OCI candidates, uh, to participate so they could so they could uh, uh, participate in the teaching mass. We do we do something similar to the kids, but now I go I go a little deeper with uh, with the the couples, and so like I said, the gospel. Uh, yesterday uh, you know was per, tailor tailor made for mm. for that for that occasion because you have the, the scholars the scholars law approaching Jesus to trap him and ask him okay teacher of these 613 things you'd think they'd learn their lesson by ra- now right they, they you know yes after all the gospel we've heard the last couple of weeks which one is the greatest commandment and Jesus responded with all you need <laughs> is love <laughs> See, we should do this, we're doing. We're recording a little bit later this morning, so we're not totally... We're a little, we're a little more awake. Yeah, today. we're a little more awake. Well, I or, just
0: saw some Olympic level competition out at pre-K three field day. But
1: before we get into the greatest <laughs> commandment, tell us what you were doing. This this is why we're late this morning.
0: It, go- it was pre-K three field day, uh, so they had three little sports, if you can call it sports stations. Oh, dear. And...
1: Um, I didn't go out, I should have gone out to the It season. was
0: like herding cats.
1: They're three years old.
0: I said, you know, field day for pre K three. Just let them run around for twenty minutes.
1: That's pretty much it. Yeah. And
0: no, but but they did well. They what, what, followed, were the,
1: what were the three events? They followed instructions. So I, I the, the first Luz one was. was uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first one was the um, the egg on a spoon. No, was, no, you didn't have three years with eggs on a spoon. Yeah, I mean it was not real eggs, obviously, but eggs on a spoon, and, oh, okay. and they you know walked to the cone and would back. Would have been great
1: with real eggs, though. It
0: would have been hilarious with real eggs.
1: Who, who cleans uh, that?
0: Number up? two was a little tricycles out and back. And number three was uh, the easiest obstacle course ever, ending with a
1: soccer kick into the goal. Oh, nice! So when, it was fun. When does your daughter have her field day? Because they're all Thursday. I think they're all this. They're week. all this week. Yep. Yeah. So she has it on the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Day of the Dead. You know, it's fine. I was baptized on the Day of the Dead. I turned out okay. You know, John Paul II celebrated his first mass in the Day of the Dead. They made a whole movie about the Day of the Dead. Disney did. It was a pretty good movie. Yep. So, so that was. So that's why we're a little bit awake and a little bit like. Feisty so, I'm ready morning. for
0: the sports segment. Let's go. After, <laughs> after that fierce competition,
1: <laughs> we're going to break it down. We have, we have analysis. He has content he I was have talking about. Video to pe- replays. Yeah, that goes well on a podcast, video replays. So, anyways, let's talk about the greatest commandment. Um, so, Jesus obviously is asked this question, and, and, and this is why this question is important. It's not like asking him which of the 10 commandments is the greatest. No, they were asking because. The Pharisees, as it evolved from the Ten Commandments that was given to Moses, and that was the first reading yesterday, you know, and from Exodus, but, you know, not, don't impress the alien, be nice to your neighbor, basically. And then that evolved the Ten Commandments into 613 laws in the Jewish law, not, you know, derived from the Ten Commandments. And so they're asking him basically, oh, well, which one of these 613? Which one's the most important? So they say, oh, why is this one more important than the other? Now, Jesus doesn't. Um, Jesus really doesn't, you know, stoop to their level as as, as 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 usually is the case. Jesus says, you know what, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Jesus basically quotes scripture when he says, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul." He is, you know, loving God above everything. He's quoting Deuteronomy six five. Is that the Shema? No, that's not the Shema. Then when he says. Love your neighbor as yourself. He's quoting Leviticus nineteen eighteen, so he doesn't invent something new. He's telling them something they already know, but that they've forgotten. That you have to love God above everything. You love your neighbor as yourself, and then that's how you honor God. That's how you honor, you know, you honor God by honoring your neighbor. So when when we're doing this, when we're, when we're dissecting this, and 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 you know, the scholars of God are trying to trap Jesus. You know they fall into their own trap because this was already explicitly stated in the Torah, you know, in the first five books of the of the Old Testament, in in the Jewish scriptures. So what what Jesus is basically you know telling them is just go back to the basics, go back to what Moses taught you: love God, love thy neighbor, and you know all the commandments are based on these two. These are the this is the greatest now. And I and I know and chime in here because you heard Father Andrew's homily. And he explained it to me a little bit on on Friday night what he was in a preach on. But he he spoke more about the first reading.
0: So yeah, Father Andrew started with uh, Pedro Pan, Peter Pan. How about that? You know, and he said, you know, for most people, you ask them what Peter Pan is now, and they'll they'll point to a Disney movie. Uh, but ask what Peter Pan is around Miami, and you're going to get a very different answer. And obviously, talking about the Pedro Pan operation, where thousands of Young children were were brought over from Cuba. Um Yeah, and, and it was really the, the Catholic Church that was at the that's a, well, at the heart Brian of that. Walsh. Um Yeah, and just that you know, v- making it making it very clear that if that were to happen today, it probably wouldn't happen.
1: Yeah, that we discussed that on Friday. You know, yeah.
0: just, the, just the the reality of the world that we live in, the the politics of the situation the xenophobia of, of, of the world that yeah. we live in. Um you know that would not happen you know, and and brother and you know kudos to father andrew for you know dropping the hard truth on us right there you know he he did not hold back is you know at the heart of the greatest commandment you know love your neighbor as yourself and and that doesn't include just love the people who you like love the people who you get along with love the people who think the same way that you think no he he went down the list you know the the politicians that stand on the opposite aisle from you you know the the people who are who stand for everything that you don't, you know, the, the people who most likely you're sitting there in your living room watching the TV saying, I hate that person. And, and he says, even though you've never been in the same room as them, you know, because we don't see them as people. We, we see them as this, as the label that society wants us to see them as. And, and you know, that was, that was kind of at the heart of it is we need to break out of these labels and we need to recognize people as people. You know, and, and when we start doing that, yes, the label is part of how they think and how they operate, but they are still a person, you know, and, and a person with dignity, and a person who deserves respect, a person who was made by our Lord, you know, made by God, and deserves of our, our, our love and respect. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean we have to agree with them. Obviously, there's going to be disagreements, but love God first, love your neighbor as yourself. That means recognizing the humanity of the other person first then we can then we can get into the you know the politics and the the way we live our lives later but at the the very first thing is recognizing you are a human being
1: absolutely and and this comes from Exodus 22 where yesterday's first reading said thus says the lord you shall not molest or oppress an alien for you were once aliens yourselves in the land of egypt you shall not wrong any widow or orphan you know it's very interesting that 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 reading says that you shall not, you know, oppress an alien for you once aliens yourselves in the land of Egypt. Uh so many people who maybe were Pedro Pang or, or or immigrants and now are suddenly like, you know, we don't we, we don't want it to like we we the Archdiocese is still taking in children from the border. And and this is living out that greatest commandment to the fullest. And that's what happened in the early 60s during Pedro Pang is that not just here in Miami because Monsignor Brian Walsh, who, who orchestrated this whole thing uh, for the Archdiocese, people were sent to different parts of the country. Our bookkeeper in the school was sent to St. Louis, not knowing a lick of English. You know, Bishop Felipe Estevo was sent to Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, so it's not just here with Cuban families, because the, the Cuban families couldn't afford to take in a, a child. So they were like, you know, you we'll, we'll, you know, you know, people that didn't speak any Spanish were opening up the doors, People, you know. That were born and raised in this country, opening up the doors to these children that were escaping communist Cuba. And so if something like that happened today, you know, do we need do we we need to take in children, let's say, from the border, from Mexico, from Guatemala, from Honduras, from El Salvador? What Would we do it? And Father Andrew's answer was the answer that I came to, which is probably no. I wish it was different.
0: Yep. No, he he was very clear, they would be political footballs
1: which unfortunately and, happened.
0: And again, to talk about stripping the humanity away from someone. Oh, yeah. You know, when, when you just become a pawn in a game, that, there there's no more dehumanizing act than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunate because so many pe- very successful people mm-hmm. in this country came during Pedro Banco. We don't know what these children... I mean, we're, and we're not talking about teenagers. We're talking about teenagers who may be exposed to gangs in Central America. We're talking about children. Yep. You know, because a lot of these kids came at seven, you know, ten years old, maybe sometimes younger, with their little, with their older brother or sister, and so God is very specific: you shall not oppress the alien. And then He's even more specific when Jesus says, "Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the greatest commandment, and the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and all the prophets." Depend on these two commandments. So, are we living that? So, I had the the children's Manchester and, and I showed, them, and I told them, look to the look to the cross. The cross reminds us of this command. You have the vertical beam, you have the horizontal beam. The vertical beam reminds us that we have to be loving God at all times. The horizontal beam means that we have to be loving our neighbor at all times. One cannot exist without the other. You cannot have the cross without the two beams. And so, we honor God by loving our neighbor. We glorify God by loving our neighbor. Now, as I said yesterday, we had the the transformed in love retreat. We had all these engaged couples that were here preparing for their marriage. God bless them. In our parish, we had about, you know, this is throughout the archdiocese. So we had about it was 52 40, couples, fifty two couples, yeah, something like that. Maybe a little less ended up coming, but maybe 40, 45 or so. But it was a good amount of people that were, that were there, and God bless them. They were very open, and and I was able to go in and, and listen to some of the talks that that were given you know, when I went over to, to have a meal. And, you know, yesterday, you know, I had that teaching Mass, and, and they were all very, you know, intrigued by what I was saying in terms of explaining the Mass and the different parts of the Mass and why we do the things we do. And then when it came to the homily, and it's just, you know, open season, you have you have this Gospel, and we're talking about love, and now they've spent two days hearing all about love, hearing all about divine love and hearing all about um, all about how love... Divine love is you know, present in the sacrament of holy matrimony. Now, you know, for me, it was you know, trying to summarize all that and say, okay, this is how you apply it to your marriage. And it's like, yeah, I drew a little bit from my many, many, many wedding homilies that I give and have given them through the, through the years. But I remember that, I, and, I, and this is what I preached to them yesterday, on, on Saturday, I had gone over to have lunch, but I, and I had a wedding, so I arrived a little bit after lunch. Um, and they, you know, they had roast beef sandwiches. They put out a simple spread of sandwiches, you know, simple spread of sandwiches, and for the for the couples to eat and and chips. And so I'm having a, a good roast beef sandwich on the other side of the partitions where, where they dined, and on the other side of, is where they're giving a talk. And then Deacon Flatus went over to give a talk on God as love. You know, he is a personification mm-hmm. of love. So I'm listening to him to to this talk. It's very good. And then he meant he he. Mentions a quote from Father Pedro Arupe that I recognize, a Jesuit a priest from the 1970s. who I believe may have been superior general. I'm, I'm not so sure. So, I, for whatever reason, yesterday morning I was looking through old homilies, and it just so happens that I had preached, I had used that text for this hop ha- for this Sunday about nine years ago. Okay, and uh, and I, I want to share that text with you that that I share with the with the with the couples because it is so beautiful and it reminds us how life-changing love is when you really allow yourself to love God as God should be loved. And then when you do that, you then you start loving the neighbor as they should be loved. Now, this I'm talking about in the context of a marriage. So the quote from Father Pedro Rupe, S.J., Jesuit, is this, nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, what you know, what breaks your heart. And what amazes you with joy and gratitude, fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. So that 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 quote is magnificent because nothing is more practical than finding God. When you find God, you have to fall in love with God. You have to. There's no other choice. And falling in love in a quite absolute and Final way, Father Arupa says, in a quite absolute and final way. Because the act of falling in love, now you can look at it from you know a relationship with the divine, with with God Almighty, and you can look at it in terms of relation within a husband and wife, or even the way you love your children, uh, or anybody. Pretty much, <laughs> no. But 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 the, but here's the point I'm trying to make in terms of falling in love, because. For example, with children, I have so many mothers that when they hold their child for the first time, says, "I never knew I could love like this," and that doesn't—it's not an indictment on their husband. They love their husband. It's like, but you know, this is this is different. This is now my child. I'm responding, and I and I didn't expect to love. I knew I was an alum, but I didn't expect to love him this much or her that much. But then, then the act of falling in love with your spouse, with your beloved, that's something that is. And I, and I would t- I would tell the couples, this. it's like being hit over the head with a bat. It's like being struck by lightning. It's like, you know, the, the Cupid's arrow analogy comes in, well, you know, Moulin Rouge at the beginning and now we're g- quoting <laughs> Greek, Greek mythology. So all of that is good because it it's it it's like punch. It's a thunderbolt. It's something that's supposed to sweep, again, sweep you off your feet yep. to use all the love cliches. And when it comes to God, you know, we can't half-ass it. We have to, do it full throttle because that's what love is. You can't half-ass love. You can't do it. You can't do it halfway. You have to say, no, if I'm going to have this relation with, with God, I need to go all in. I need to push all my chips into the middle of the table and said, no, my life belongs to yours. And the same thing happens with marriage. I say, as a couple, you have to go all in with God. And the, you do that, then you start, by loving God, you start falling in love with each other in a more absolute and final way, because that decides what gets you up in the morning. That decides what what interests you, what what moves you, what stirs your, seizes your imagination. It affects everything, and it breaks your heart. And I and I dwelled on that part of of this text for for about a minute or two with with these couples, because who else can break your heart than someone you love? You say I and I said. And I'm not wishing any, uh, any ill. I'm not talking about cheating on someone. But there are times where your beloved disappoints you and it breaks your heart. It may not be something as drastic as cheating you, but just something small. Why did it disappoint? It break your heart because you love them so much. Because you love them. And so only you, only someone you love can break your heart. Think about that. Who breaks like the times you've had your heart broken during your life, and it doesn't have to be within a relationship, you know, married relationship or, or in a romantic relationship. You know, our kids can break our hearts if they, you know, we teach them to do something and they get older and they do something stupid. You know, it breaks our hearts. I I hate bringing this analogy, but you know, in Godfather Part Two, when Pacino grabs, you know. When he grabs Fredo's face, says, You broke my heart, Fredo. Fredo had betrayed him. Ordered him, <laughs> asked him to be, to be killed. And why? Because he was always protecting him. He, was all, he loved his brother. Ended up killing his brother. That's another story. <laughs> all right? But only the someone you love has the ability to break your heart. Because this person is the is one that, that you love. And so... Obviously, God and then I go and then you always come back to God will never break your heart. We may think that he would that's like for example, we have a loss, somebody dies, oh no, why did God do this? God broke my heart No, 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 that's part of life, but human beings can break your heart, God will never break your heart. He's that one constant of love that will
0: always be with you. you know the, the thing about love is everything changes. And know, I, I remember. Uh, I mean, I went to Boston College, so we would we would have this quote from Pedro, Father Arupe all over the place, and it would come up in just about every conversation. And you know, you can't treat love like a like a pair of glasses. You know, that you I put it on now and I see the world one way, and then you know, and then I can take it off. No, when when you fall in love, when you fall in love, you know, I'm not saying like I like somebody. No, when you fall in love, whether it's with whether it's with God or with with your you know, with someone you're dating, your, your spouse, your, your wife, whoever it may be. You know, When you fall in love, everything changes. And you can't help but see the world through that lens. And it's a permanent lens. You know, it's, it's not a removable uh, set of glasses. It's not a contact lens. No, it's, it's like LASIK surgery. right? You, you can't undo it. It's permanent. And you see the world differently. And, and that's the beauty of falling in love. And, and you talk to any couple... Doesn't matter if they they've been a couple for a a day or for fifty years. It just about all of them can tell you this is where we fell in love. You know, this is when I fell in love. This is the moment that I knew. You know, there's always that. I knew he was the one. I knew she was the one. Yeah, you know, and and maybe it's not a, a specific act or or a, a moment, but but you can point to it. You know, they say, yeah, I fell in love and everything changed after that. Yeah, you know, because love changes us. You know, so so we as we look at these two the the greatest commandment, right? These two elements, right, to love God first, we fall in love with God and everything's going to change after that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we begin to love our neighbors as we should you know, and everything changes. Yeah, you know, and maybe it's not a romantic love, but if we really love our neighbors, if we really love one another, the way we act, the way we go about our life, the way we speak to people, the way we speak about people, everything changes
1: mm-hmm. and there's no going back. You know, I think back to when I decided to become a priest. You know, it's not just falling in love with God, but falling in love with the church, with Holy Mother Church, and saying, I want to lay my life down. For this mission, because as a priest, the church is my spouse. Just like you know, because I act in the person of Christ, the church is a spouse of Christ. So, you know, you know, everybody was talking. You know, when I walked into the into the into the marriage the pre-marriage retreat this you know this weekend, and they said, "Oh, Father, but you're here without a spouse." I go, "Trust me, I have a spouse. She's two thousand <laughs> years old. She's really big. She's really fat, and she drives me crazy every day. But I love her. You know." So we. You know, as as a priest, you know, as as a young man, I fell in love, obviously with God, but falling in love with the spouse, and saying yes, I want to lay down my life for his spouse, I want to serve the spouse, I want to be driven crazy by the spouse, and when it comes to marriage, I see how you know having seen so many of my former students so many young people that I've ministered to grow up and fall in love and seeing how when they fall in love how it transforms them how when they have children they are I'm, I'm looking at this 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 husband this father and I'm like man this 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 kid was so lost when he was this age you know and didn't know and look at them because love did that. Love is transformative. There's a great line in Amores Letizia, uh, in the Pope's encyclical letter that he released, I want to say seven years ago. And it's so much better in Spanish. El amor es artesanal. Love is like it's like an artisan. In other words, love is creative. Love is, is always at work. Love is so always building something new. Love is making things out of things is makes the impossible happen.
0: Love lifts us up where we belong.
1: Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> we, we could dissect that entire elephant love song. And, and mind you, we don't have the lyrics in front of us, but I bet between the two of us, we could probably go through the lyrics and break it down. We're not going to, but we could probably could. That'd be a, fun right, just a
0: softball right there. It's... Yeah, it's, yeah. It
1: lifts us up where we belong. <laughs> Anyways. So I'm sorry. You threw me off my game there. I'm, I'm quoting the Pope and a beautiful quote. And, you, and you come back to me with uh, with a great '80s song, anyhow. Uh, so love is creative. Love is is imaginative. Love love helps us uh, do the impossible. Okay, and they say people you know have had enough of silly love songs. Okay, there th- th- you know, we go. Here okay, we go. here we go. Uh, We're, we are kind of breaking see, it down. I see what you did there. Right, see, because when you when you hear a song. Or even go to a text like the one from Father or you read this Bible text, or even you know you you have the radio on and you listen to a song that moved you. What's the song with your wife? I never asked you this question. Which one? What's your
0: what was your wedding song? Oh, our wedding song, um, uh, Jason Mraz. Uh, no, I'll never give up.
1: Okay, so when or you I hear that, I
0: won't give up. Forget the, the remember, exact
1: title of the. You don't remember the exact title? No. It's... Okay, whatever. <laughs> when you hear that song, does it move you? Of course. That's why we picked it. Exactly. So you hear that song and you think of your beloved. Okay. I don't know if it's still your ringtone, but when I when I got here and started working with you, uh, you had Lord, I Need You whenever Angie would call. Okay. Maybe because she's calling and Lord, I really need yeah. you because she's calling. <laughs> I don't know why it was there, but it's a beautiful song. But when we hear these silly love songs, so to speak, um, the title of this episode is going to be a love song medley. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, it's, no sure. it's not. It's not. it's can't be. <laughs> We have copyright infringement. Anyways, the reason why we we're, we're moved by these songs is that it stirs into something. It, it goes back to that what the Pope said that love is supposed to be creative. You know, love is, and I and I say this so many times during during masses, we, but we can't be just limited to those silly love songs because that's a very limited view of love for many many of them. You know, they're beautiful and they have you know a little hyperbolic at times, but. If you look at Paul's hymn of love in 1 Corinthians 13, that's a little hyperbolic as well, but what is more hyperbolic than the cross? It's not. It's it's really what love truly is. So they move us, but they should move us in the direction of God. They should move us in the direction of a complete, absolute, and true love, which can only be found in Jesus Christ. And when it comes to a spouse— I told the couple last night. In order for a marriage to work, in order for this love to work, it must be firmly rooted in Jesus Christ, or else it's not love. So, there are a lot of silly love songs out there, and 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 they may move you in different ways, and they may move you in, in to to think about you know maybe lost loves or or you know or people from your past or whatever or that high school sweetheart or I remember just listening to. Um, you know, to, to old uh you know, religious songs or worship songs. I think about okay, we, we, we used to play that in youth group back in the mm. day, or that song really helped me out through seven eight through a tough time, and it lifts us to you know, to a place and, and here's the thing, in the spiritual life, and I've said this before in this podcast, memory is so important. Memory is so important. When a couple is having uh, you know a tough time, I say, Remember how, how you fell in love. What was it? That- Remember. Okay, we'll linking. Yeah, I'm the, yeah. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one that's doing all the pop culture reference. Today, Jorge came strong. He came in strong. Remember who you are, <laughs> and that's important. So, fall in love, stay in love, and that will make all the difference. You yep. said it; it makes all the difference because the moment you realize that you were in love with Angeli Gabito, you said, "No, this okay. this is it." And that was around that time when you were in Boston College. Game over, in a good way. It <laughs> sounded so bad. It's came Over, and I'm like, okay, my life. To quote another another schmaltzy love song, my life is life has just begun. I finally okay. some found someone. You know, uh, that was uh, Barbara Streisand and uh, Brian Adams. Anyhow, from what movie? Come on. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you know the movie that it came from. Mirror has two faces. Yeah, didn't. even no. yeah. would have
0: never even <laughs> tried to guess that. Okay,
1: we really went overboard <laughs> on the on the pop culture stuff today, but we we apologize.
0: Which means it'll be one of our better listened to episodes.
1: Pretty much. I remember I started off that this homily uh, one time. This is I remember exactly where I gave this homily at St. Brendan with uh, you. You started with all you need is love, but I did it with uh, no. I did it with that song. Because, how does that song end? It ends in a very annoying way for the Beatles, not the Devil's and Love song medley. You know, it ends with All You Need Is Love. Love is All You Need. All You Need Is Love. And then back and forth. Back and forth. Love is All You Need. Love is All You Need. (laughs) And so I said that, you know, because I remember that as children, Magic 102.7 back in the 80s was a pure golden oldies. Now, Golden Oldies now is 80s and 90s. No. Back then, it was oh, 50s and 60s, right? Whoa. So <laughs> it had all these great songs, and so the Beatles would come on, my dad would crank up the volume, and then we'd be listening to the song, and then we knew that the fate, you know, the, the long, I don't know how long it goes that John, Paul, George, and Ringo, by the way, releasing a new single sometime in the next two weeks, thanks, thanks to AI, uh, they had an old track, Interesting. right? So when that track would come on, uh, we'd be like, no, Dad, change it, change the station. We want to, we don't want to hear the. Be-. We didn't have obviously, we didn't have the appreciation for the Beatles that we have yep. now as adults. But my sister and I, we're constantly thanking God that our parents exposed us to the incredible, you know, music repertoire that the 50s, 60s and early seventies had to offer. I always posit the theory that nothing good has been written since the year two thousand, in terms of music. Name me a Song that you can't live without since the year two thousand. He can't. He's shaking his head. Okay. And yes, I know Taylor Swift started recording this century. Name me a song you can actually
0: understand. Well, that's another story.
1: (laughs) Okay. But I'm but I'm saying the nineties are full of great music. The eighties, but it's like all of this stuff, you know. But it moves us, and that's what love does. It's supposed to move us. But in the context of this gospel, it's supposed to move us towards God first and foremost. Love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. So my friends, take to heart this gospel. You know, apply it, as as Jorge explained earlier, talking about Father Andrew's homily, how do we apply it to others? Because what's happening in our world is that we are not loving our neighbor as we should. We are demonizing each other. We are, you know, basically, you know, segregating ourselves from each other and saying, no, no, no. I don't love this person because they look differently, they think differently, they act differently. No, that's not what it's all about. We're supposed to love everyone. It's not saying that we accept. Be very clear here. It's not saying that we accept when someone has a divergent point of view from ours, they may be contrary to our faith, they may be contrary to our morals. I'm saying that <clears throat> we have to love them nonetheless. Okay? and I think we spoke about this two I weeks ago. I love them more. And my goodness, in my priesthood, that is so true. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago when we talked about, I, I quoted this homily from another priest that said, okay, we, we, we talk about all our welcome, but you know, but terms and conditions do apply. We're called to love them, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we should, we need to adapt to the truth of Jesus and not have the truth of Jesus adapted to us. Very, very important. So love God, love your neighbor, and that will make all the difference. A running back. Wow, that's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a hall the of famer.
0: That guy just no, but just no.
1: Get out of here. What was that last night? Victory Monday. What? Speaking of love. So, what do we love this weekend? We love a lot of things this weekend. We love uh, the, the Dolphins. We love the Dolphins for sure. The Dolphins have, is two is six and oh. Against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, six and oh, uh, wow! Jalen Ramsey came through Ooh. yesterday. That was pretty. It was. They they didn't have a perfect game. There were some things that you know. Obviously, it's a Bill Belichick coach team. There were some things they did. Our offensive line is in, sh- in, sh- in tatters. And uh, my father was at the game, and we'll get we'll, we'll revisit that later on. Uh, but. He said, "I saw two offensive linemen go down." Yes, two offensive linemen did go down. We were like we were on a third string guard or something at some point, point. and Tua had to get it out. And you could see that that we couldn't run the ball effectively up the middle, and you couldn't pass it down the middle. You know, sometimes the timing was off a little bit. You know, Bill Belichick will take things away from you, but at a certain point, uh, they're going to get you. Yep, but that deep ball to Tyreek, that was
0: beautiful. And then right up the middle to uh, to Waddle. Waddle. At the end to close it, to basically seal the
1: game. Did he ha- no look that It looked like he no-looked at. Well, what happened, he probably looked off to Tyreek. I know he, he, he pumped no, fake. So this is what happened. So I've, I've criticized Mike McDaniel uh, a lot for not doing well in short-yarded situations. And what he did yesterday in several short-yarded situations, we we converted our first four, fourth down of the year yesterday, was he would throw a little flare to the side to Tyreek, mm-hmm. and Tyreek with, in a bubble screen or so. And then Tyreek would get it. So he was setting that up the entire game. So it was a third and one. And we were only leading by seven. And 220 to go, I want to say. And Tyreek goes in motion. There's already a corner over there. Another another uh, corner goes yeah. with him. And so Tua looks over there. Everybody's focusing on Tyreek because of that flair. The world went over and there. And then all of a sudden, Jaylen, you know, Jaden Waddle... The the announcer said it perfectly. He will never be more wide open yep. for a touch on his life. There was no one within tw- in, in, within a twenty yard radius of him, and he just literally walked into the end zone. And then we have the magnificent magnificent gift of, of of Stephen Ross doing <laughs> the waddle. One of the last things I saw before we started recording this podcast, and it's wow. Okay, yeah, good for him. Listen, I have no problem with it. I did it in my in my hey, living room.
0: If our owner is bad dancing in the suite because we're winning games, then I will take all the bad dancing in the world. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, and, and if he wants to do that on the stage when he's getting the Lombardi trophy presented, right. I, I'll be doing it with him. I did it yesterday. It scared Father Andrew because I was a little nervous there towards the end because we were only up by seven, and this is Bill Belichick, and... I'm going to call out Ashley. Oh. Did she send you the, the text also? She sent it to me and Father Andrew yesterday no. morning. Saying, she threw eh, in I, the towel? No, no. She sat, she was like, I don't know. I got a bad feeling. I don't think we're going to win today. I'm, and so I, I didn't let her. I didn't let her. I, I, <laughs> well, I sent you the screen grab of that. Text. Yeah, that you did. Yeah. So she walks into my office talking about the game. I go, no, you're, you're not allowed to talk about the game today. You gave up. Did not believe. Heathens, go away. You need to believe. <laughs> But no, it was great. It was a great win, and yeah, I I I, danced, I did the waddle. Everybody's doing the waddle. Everybody dresses penguins tomorrow for Halloween. All right,
0: let's let's do it.
1: No, speaking of costumes, have you seen the Mike McKid, Mike yes. McDaniel kid?
0: Yes. Oh wow! With the rolled up, uh, with the rolled up sweatpants and everything.
1: Because he has the rolled up sweatpants, <laughs> and and the watch, and, and and God bless Mike McDaniel for his originality and for being, he's being him. Yep. He, you be you, but. Ashley told me there was a
0: great uh, um, story on him on NFL Network a few weeks back about everything he's overcome. It was impressive.
1: Ashley was saying that yesterday in the game that there were a lot of people because it's Halloween dressed as Mike McDaniel with the aviators and with the with the sweatshirt. And listen, going in a sweatshirt into into Hard Rock Stadium is pretty bold these days, especially when it's not cold. But God bless him and 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 continued success. We have Kansas City this week. In Frankfurt, Frankfurt. and they came after a loss. They scored nine points against a Denver Denver. Bronco defense that gave up 70 to us. That means absolutely nothing when they kick the ball off at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. Our
0: masses are going to be great this weekend.
1: Yeah. I have the (laughs) just public service announcement. I have the 5 o'clock vigil mass on Saturday, which I never have because I know people you know 7 30 may be too early for you you know you want to wake up and maybe start watching it in bed and you know whatever whatever you do <coughs> just go five, to mass five o'clock mass <laughs> and also I'm doing the five thirty mass that's on right. Sunday night so you have options but if you wanna spend four you know you could there's four four windows of games on Sunday the nine thirty window one o'clock window four o'clock and the Sunday night football oh. game Bills and Bengals that's gonna be a great game uh so please go to mass this weekend so you could and before or after the dolphins beat the chiefs that's going to be an interesting game the narrative with the dolphins after the philadelphia game is that oh but they're only beating bad teams yeah. what happened to kansas city yeah, yesterday i was going to say what happened to the bills last week against the yep. new england patriots that we beat twice what happened to the bills week one against the jets Okay. Oh, Jets! Let's, All right. Let's, let's talk Jets. You saw oh that. You saw this God. live. I had to see this on replay because <laughs> that was bad. They switched to the game. That game after our game. Who
0: wants it less?
1: Father Andrew was upset. He I wants a top pick, so. but he did not want to lose to the Jets. That was bad. So fourth and ten, the Jets have the ball with them. about a minute. It's under the two-minute warning. About a minute, whatever. Minute fifty, minute forty to go. You no, it depends because it's 4th and 10, but I just only have two timeouts. And I'm watching this with Father Andrew, and the 4th and 10, they were looking, they're were reviewing if the previous play on 3rd down was a catch or not, and I had to go, I had, to, I had a, a, a gathering with some parishioners. And so I leave. And then Father Andrew texts me, oh, they, they sack Zach Wilson for 4th and 10. I'm thinking, okay, game over. Take a knee or run the ball out, and, and that's it. And then what happens, Jorge oh wow yeah, miss miss field goal a shank that was, that's generous that was a shank
0: Bat by the by the giants fsu kicker by the way yeah of course
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're known for that mm-hmm. was it wide left it was wide. wide left it, it was wide left so miss field goal the jets come back well, now they have what like 40 some seconds maybe not and even not even, not even.
1: 30 seconds zach wilson i think it was two passes yeah two passes and one of them to around the ten yard line, or if, and you were saying what?
0: So, well, the uh, the first there was a penalty on the first pass.
1: Yes, yeah, so the clock. Stopped. So the clock stopped because so the, so the
0: Giants after shooting themselves in the foot by missing the field goal commit a penalty. Then commit a penalty to stop the clock. New York has the giant. The Jets have no timeouts, so it's basically a free timeout for them.
1: And They have to travel sixty yards or
0: something. Uh, and they got a huge chunk of it in that first pass. Then the second pass, guy catches it, and instead of just dropping, he catches with with about.
1: Fifteen to eleven seconds, at like
0: the twenty-five, let's say, yeah, well yeah. within field goal range. Right. Instead of catching it, falling, spotting the ball, no, he he tries to get fancy and nearly runs out the clock.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've never seen a, a team spot their own ball.
1: Well, no, I know that I know
0: the umpire went in and tapped it.
1: No, so that's what happened. I read up on this later that apparently the center knew the rules. It goes back to the Zeke Elliott, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, thing and and or does it was something with that it had to do with Dallas. Everything with Dallas is magnified. Yep. So when he gave the ball to the center,
0: the, the center spotted, spotted
1: it. the ball and made sure the umpire touched, touched it, it because it, here's what happens. If he spots the ball incorrectly and the umpire comes in and adjusts it, that one second that there yep. was, was left when Zach Wilson spiked the ball yep. is gone. Yep. So he knew exactly what he was doing and they pulled it off I can't believe I'm but saying this. But I'm
0: watching this. Like this. I'm watching this, and I'm like, why here. are you running? Catch! The, get down. Get down, yeah. Get down, and then hurry up.
1: <laughs> and they did.
0: And they nearly ran themselves out of an opportunity. I'm like, to I, and power. I'm
1: like, if I'm the Giants, why are you getting up so fast? Huh? I'm like, stay down. That's what they're taught. I mean, yep. Father Andrew was like beside himself because with the coaches. Was, now, mind you, the Giants were playing with their third screen, string coach, a guy named DeVito, Tommy DeVito. Laughably bad. And I said, oh, that guy's from Jersey. And Father Andrew, yes, he is from Jersey. <laughs> he, he's a Don Bosco product. But apparently the Don Bosco product could not pass. The Giants didn't complete a pass beyond the second, the second Yeah, yep. the second half. And that was, I can't believe we spent that much time they talking complete,
0: about They completed one in overtime for negative two yards.
1: That's that's just bad,
0: <laughs>
1: bad, awful. But you go around the league Woo! and
0: hey, how's that pick them?
1: Uh, you're one up I mean, I don't. Understand. I pick Carolina. I'm the only one, one of the few people that pick Carolina to get their first win. It's halfway that, in the halfway Titans, in. The, the Titans, the Saints, the Colts, and uh, they just mess with. And you. the Falcons are always messing with me. No. When I pick them, they lose. When I don't pick them, they win. I'm like, come on, figure it out. But that's what's going on in the NFL. So when you say, well, the Dolphins, you know, they only beat they're, they're beating the teams they're supposed to be and they're losing the teams. They're, I'm like, wait, going to Philly and going to Buffalo, that's hard. Yep. The 85 Bears would have tr- trouble with that environment. Come on. Yep. So when I say when you say they beaten the teams they're supposed to do, well, you do that, you're gonna get home field in the playoffs. And I heard somebody say it was Stu said it this morning. I was to, had a chance to listen to Lubbert before we started. He said, Dolphins get home field. No one's beating them. No one's beating them in the stadium. Yeah, they haven't lost in a while yep. here in the stadium. God bless them. So that was, speaking of that stadium, I wanted to come back to this because my father had not been to a game. I want to say since I was chaplain. Maybe he went to another one. But he had not been since they put the, 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 auto, the autodrome in there, the the racetrack. He said it was miserable. Getting in. he get, had to park by park by the Walmart. Oh wow! And then we going with my cousin and 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 his and his son. Oh yeah, that Walmart. That Walmart parking is awful. Who's uh who's who needs who's who had special who's special needs and needs ADA. And it's it was he said it was it was the game was fun, but it just the experience of parking getting out. I mean, it's always been you're used to like waiting an hour to yeah. get out. That's why you guys spend a lot of time post post waiting. Yep. But it you know it's awful and they say you know. Park, you know, have a parking plan before you go. So at that stadium on Saturday, you were there. I was. For the Kane's second consecutive overtime game. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: But if I tell you, all right, we're going to win every game straight through, including FSU, but every game will go to overtime.
0: Oh, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll we'll take it. I'll absolutely take yeah. it. But TVD, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, I wrote this down. It said, what's wrong with TVD? He looked awful. Was it three interceptions? Two or three?
0: Should have been three. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Should it have been was, more.
0: It was, no, it was two and it should have been three to, to end the game.
1: Yeah, he almost threw that one away. And that's why people were criticizing Mario when he took the knee yeah. finally.
0: I wasn't criticizing, I was laughing about it. I wasn't.
1: Now we, ta- no, but I go, saying, now we take but, a knee. <laughs> but the thing is, he had two timeouts and they were at the 20. Yeah. And I like, no, yeah, It's a long course. way to go. It's, no, a it's a long way No, and with TVD just airing it out, they're not. Oh, he- but
0: that's the thing. He's not airing it out. He's he, it's the, little, inter, yeah. the first interception, he doesn't underthrow balls. No. And
1: that was, and that was looking, a lame duck that I could have caught. And he's looking, he's looking down receivers. Yep. It was bad. So the corners. Uh, credit to Virginia. Listen, and and Tim Reynolds said this the other day. What these kids have gone through in the last year, losing three of their teammates, uh, and then fighting. You know, beat a good Carolina team uh, on the road, and then coming here and almost beating us yep. on the road. Uh, that's a good team. Yep. Uh, but
0: TVD, we got
1: something's with wrong.
0: Louisville and FSU I, coming
1: up. No, and North Carolina State's not a picnic. Nope. You're going on the road in the ACC. Of nothing's a given. Ask Carolina, who went into Georgia Tech, the two teams that beat us, yep. and lost to Georgia Tech. So, again, in college football, around Oklahoma lost to Kansas. Yep. So just like in NFL, you're not beating the teams you're supposed to beat. We were supposed to beat Georgia Tech. We didn't. You know, we probably weren't supposed to beat North Carolina. They're a very good team. Yep.
0: Oh, but how much does that hurt now?
1: Uh, no, but we could have easily won both those games. We were no, we... leading Carolina in halftime. You take the knee, you won Georgia Tech, you could be undefeated right now. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yep. But all that goes away. If you beat
0: FSU. If you beat FSU. But it's not FSU week yet, so.
1: No, that, that's next week. We're, we're, we'll get the, fired up next week.
0: Do, it's it's the the danger of NC State this weekend is it's the look-ahead look ahead
1: game. The look-ahead game, and FSU has, I, I, oh, I saw it the other day, and I forget who they're playing this weekend. Because I don't care about FSU.
0: But Louisville has Virginia Tech. We need Louisville to win there. And then if we Louisville beat Louisville, with it, everyone's got two losses. Yep. So, massive we, we
1: need help. I mean, we may, if we want to go to the Orange Bowl, uh, New Year's sixth game, we got to beat FSU twice. Or, no, I Matt mean, may need to beat FSU twice. We have to beat FSU, at least in tally. I and mean, maybe get creamed by them in Charlotte. But it'd yep. be nice to beat them twice. It won't get us into the playoffs, but it'll get us an Orange Bowl berth. Yep. And we'll be home for the holidays. So there you go. We're bowl eligible. Six wins. That's right. First time since 2017 that we're bowl eligible before progress. the month of October is over. So it is progress. Can we, we talk about? We don't Re- look
0: as good as our record.
1: Though. No, we don't. Can we talk about somebody who does look good? Ruben Bain. Oh,
0: freshman. All the. I mean, this whole freshman class. Mar- the, the guys who are getting who are getting reps Mar- out there. Mario knows what he's doing. Yep.
1: So these guys. Mark
0: Fletcher, the, the, the running freshman back, running, the, running back, back yeah, the touchdown there.
1: And then I forget the other name of the D lineman. Uh, also had a great game and cam kitchens had a had a pick also yep. so th- it's starting I mean you're building yep you're building everybody wants you know to for it to be like it took FSU to get to where they're at right now and I think FSU at some point look they almost exposed by Boston College yep. but they're a good team well I they saw
0: are. I saw a stat comparing where Miami is in their quote unquote rebuild to where FSU was in their rebuild and and we are a few games better. Than where they were at the same spot, yeah. And look where they are now. So exactly. So we'll we'll,
1: we'll get there. I mean, in Mario we trust. In Mario we trust. Uh, the Heat started last week. I was at opening night. Uh, it was fun for three quarters, and then we almost blew a 19 point lead, yeah. one by one. And then started off great against the Celtics on Friday, punch them in the mouth. We're up by 13, and then uh, Jimmy really, you know, hasn't shown up. I really don't care.
0: It's the first three months of No, the but I'm what it's I'm Jimmy don't care season,
1: right? <laughs> Jimmy cares when Jimmy's supposed to care. Like, you know, Jimmy is a you know, when we say do it in the playoffs, you know, because Boston was like, oh, you know, yeah. chest puffed out. We beat my yeah, you didn't beat us in game seven last year. How about that? Okay, Jimmy cares when it's April, May, yep. and June. That's when Jimmy cares, and that's when I want him to care. Uh, but we, uh, we have a I mean, brutal for the Eastern Conference champion to have the schedule, to have Boston on Friday, then Minnesota the next night, and then Milwaukee tonight. Milwaukee's also coming off a of back-to-back. So Dame Litter, we face him tonight. And he only scored six points had a yep. disastrous start to his game. And the Panthers had a great win against the Kraken the other day, and they're, over about, they're up over 500. And, we're seven and,
0: games into the season.
1: And we're seven games into that <laughs> season. But today's an interesting I just, day.
0: I love hearing, oh, Panthers are over 500. They're we're 500. seven games
1: into yeah. the season. We, we, the reason, Relax. It's miracle. Like, Fulano <laughs> was mad at me because I was making him watch the Boston game on Friday. Goes, I've never watched <laughs> basketball this early in the season. I go, there's nothing. I mean, the World Series was on. Uh, speaking of the World Series, today is a very interesting day. What they call the Sports Equinox, the only time Only day in 2023 that all, can we say all five major sports leagues, including MLS in this? All right. Monday Night Football tonight. uh, World Series Game 3. We'll talk about that in a second. Two MLS playoff games. 11 NBA games and nine NHL games. So all the leagues are playing today only thing that's missing is a college football college, game. A, a meaningless. And I'm sure there's a, some exhibition. Division something. Division yeah, there's a war. There's, there's I'm sure there's a college <laughs> basketball game going on somewhere. But World Series, uh, can we talk about Adoles Garcia? Ooh. We haven't talked about him, and, and that's, a, that's a crime. Because Corey Seager comes up, and the, and Father Andrew and I, we, we, we got bored with the game, and we started watching a program we've been watching, and then we came back, and whoa, and I, I, was, I, was, I had the phone on, with alerts, and I'm like, "Oops, the Diamondbacks <laughs> yep. I mean, just blew it, and Texas just tied it, and Diamond have a great bullpen. Corey Seager hit a bomb, yep. a bomb a off no the bat. Doubter. Never heard an announcer yep. call a home run so fast. And then Adolis just muscles went out to right. Reminds me a little bit of Miguel Cabrera in 2003, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. But uh, then the Diamondbacks came out and clobbered them in game yep. two. So tonight's going to be interesting. And so it's, a, it's, a, I would,
0: I'd love to see Texas get their first. Uh... Their first
1: World yeah. Series. I'm, I'm still I'm still salty about uh, the 2001 World Series where it should have been New York because it was 9 11 and those three games in in Yankee Stadium were just yeah. mythical. And we had the game, and then Torrey brought in the infield, and Luis Gonzalez went up the middle up. My honor, first his first that was his first postseason. I just don't like, I
0: don't like Arizona because they took our title as the young as the the fastest team course, to win yeah. a, a title. So, yeah, that would, no, they can never win another World Series. No, they can,
1: they're not allowed. <laughs> but they're a fun team to watch also. They are. They're, they're a fun team to watch.
0: That Corbin Carroll. Ooh, you, talk about rookies making a, making a splash. They
1: are. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. and I, I didn't tell Hori I was going to talk about this. Uh, we talked a lot about people breaking our hearts in the first segment. And, you know, when the news came out on Saturday night that uh, Matthew Perry, who played Chandler Bing on Friends, passed away. A lot of people, and I saw this a lot on social media. Started posting tributes. Uh, a fantastic actor, mm-hmm. and I and I thought was for my was my favorite actor because uh, I identify with his wit. Um, a tormented actor mm-hmm. talked a lot about addiction, and and we've talked about this on this podcast in, in previous episodes. And I hate to end up with with a downer when we had pretty a pretty glorious episode, but talking a lot about pop culture, so it just fits into it. Uh, but I do want to, not just sit down episode but i I do want to give some an uplifting message because this is what he wanted uh when he when he was asked I think on a book tour uh how he would like to be remembered he, and I, and I'm paraphrasing here you know everybody's gonna remember me for friends, friends friends and that's exactly how you said it. I could picture him saying it mm-hmm. that way and he goes and and, and that's fine because I brought joy uh to people through that and and that makes me happy but uh he did a lot. To help addicts, drug addicts, and alcoholics, and he wanted to be remembered for that. And and he said, and he and he opened up something called, you know, a, a sobriety place called the Perry House in Malibu uh, for men. Uh, and he wrote a play about it, and, and I hope to see this play at some point because this is what he's. I really want to be remembered for that. He says when I die, as far as as my so-called accomplishments go. It would be nice if friends were listed far behind the things I did to try to help other people. I know it it won't happen, but it would be nice. He he said, you know, th- this quote is so beautiful. He said, "I've had many ups and downs in my life. I'm still working through it personally, but the best thing about me is that if I'm an alcohol, if an alcoholic or a drug addict comes up to me and says, "Will you help me?" I will always say yes. I know how to do that. I will do that for you." even if I can't always do it for myself. So I do that whenever I can in groups or one-on-one. And that's how he wanted to be remembered. So a a, a brilliant actor who made us laugh through the years. And I know your sister was, was you know, when she woke up on Sunday and heard the news, she was heartbroken about it. And, and so was Izzy. And, and, and I was, you know, so whoever texted me, texted me really fast. Cause this happened at four o'clock Pacific time or seven o'clock on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday and I think around before eight, I got that you know that alert, uh, and it was just you know, and it's because we identify with with these people, these people that make us last, the people that, that bring us joy, and and he brought a lot of joy to us, and 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 God bless him, and and may God receive him into paradise, and may those demons be con- finally silenced, and may he behold the glorious face of our God. So we pray for his soul, and a reminder that. There are so many people that, going back to the first segment, that need our love, especially those who are troubled, especially those who are tormented. Uh, and, he, and this man he wanted to be remembered for helping, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics. So, I've seen that personally. I've seen that experience in my family. And you know, if, if you could do something to help somebody who's tormented, to help somebody out of addiction or out of depression or out of whatever it is that torments them, just by sharing with them the love of God, my goodness, what a difference you'll make in that person's life. And I'll get you huge brownie points with the guy upstairs. It really will. So remember, Jesus said it. Whoever tries to save his own life will lose it. Whoever tries to save the soul of others will gain theirs. So let's go by that. It's a golden rule. Love others. Love God. Love others. We do that. We can't go wrong. So have a great week, everyone. Have a happy All Saints Day. Have a safe All Hallows' Eve tomorrow. Remember to go to Mass on Wednesday. It is a holy day of obligation. And we'll see you all next week on Monday Morning be May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen.